0: Giving birth is a very traumatic and stressful event for women. It is a time when you often feel vulnerable and scared and it's important to create a safe space for both you and your baby. In this episode, I speak with Tricia Murray, who is an anxiety and trauma coach and mother of four. Tricia is passionate about helping mums work through their birth trauma and she shares some great tips and strategies you can implement right now to begin that healing journey. I'm infant massage instructor Helen Thompson. Hello and welcome to First Time Mums Chat. Being a parent for the first time is challenging and changes your life in every way imaginable. To help ease your transition into parenthood, I aim to offer supportive, holistic approaches and insights for mums of babies aged four weeks to ten months old. My goal is to assist you to become the most confident parent you can and smooth out the bumps along the way. This podcast is brought to you by My Baby Massage, so let's do this together. This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. Please contact a medical practitioner if you are concerned or have any medical issues. Hi Trisha, it's delightful to have you here on First Time Mums Chat. I've been looking forward to speaking to you for lots of reasons, but one reason because you're from the um, part of the world where I was brought up. So it's, it's really exciting to talk to somebody from Edinburgh. So can you start by sort of telling my listeners a bit more about you and what you're passionate about? Thank you so much, Helen, for inviting me into your podcast. I am Trisha,
1: Trisha Murray. I am an anxiety and trauma coach and advanced EFT practitioner and also a mum to four boys. And I'm so grateful to have this opportunity to come in and speak to your listeners about birth trauma which is a really big passion project of mine so in terms of things that I am passionate about is I'm really passionate about mum's experiences so their experiences as that transition into motherhood really passionate about improving mum's experiences I really feel that the pressure that we're under as mums is enormous I don't think there's yeah. ever been a time mm-hmm. in history that we are under so much pressure and that pressure manifests itself into all sorts of mental health um, difficulties as we try to achieve so much, you know, and, mm-hmm. and do so much. Um, so that, that's the sort of things that I'm really passionate about is mental health and motherhood and really improving women's experiences.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of pressure for mums these days, a bit more than it was, I think, in in the 1920s and 30s, because it seems to be a lot more pressure now. We're expected to do everything, we're expected to just know what to do and just get on with it, and that's not always the case.
1: If you look at a lot of the research, you know, the amount of time that we spend with our children now is far more than ever before, but we are also not in communities as we ever were before. So, a lot of, mm-hmm. so we're parenting more than ever, spending more time with our children more than ever, but we don't necessarily have that kind of community around us to actually support whilst also trying to you know, work as well. I think working is really important. I've loved working, being a mum and a feeling fulfilled has been really important to me. But, you know, we're working and um, we feel like, you know, there's pressure to do activities with our children, to cook, to clean, to yes, everything. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah, I think huge houses that are looking perfect. It's, it's a lot, a lot of pressure that we're under.
0: And giving birth is also very traumatic and it's stressful for a mum and having all that to do as well is... It's quite hard. So I was just going to ask you about birth trauma. How would you define what birth trauma actually is?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's not just birth trauma. There's perinatal trauma or women who have had a traumatic postnatal experience, such as traumatic breastfeeding experience, or if they've had a baby that's very colicky or refluxy, that can also lodge as trauma. So, So, um, I mean, trauma is technically sort of defined as like a near-death experience, but I would actually broaden that out and actually say it's not really actually what often happens to women that is traumatic. It's actually how they feel about that experience. So, you know, when we give birth, when women give birth, they are very vulnerable and they can feel very scared during that time. It's a situation that they've never ever been in before. Mm. And I think we often really forget that we are mammals. Like we really we're so removed from being mammals. So what we're doing is we're giving birth, which is a very primal, very sort of mammalian experience, Mm -hmm. but then we're doing it in a setting that's not really like that. And we have nobody around us often to hold us emotionally in that time and yes, as humans what we need is we need other people to tell us that we're going to be okay so that everything's mm, going to be okay mm. we need somebody to co-regulate and let us know that we are going to be okay that everything is going to be okay and often what happens when women give birth is an unfamiliar environment with people that are unfamiliar to them and they have nobody that's saying to them, "You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Everything's going to be absolutely fine." And often, maybe they're looking at their birth partners, maybe like their their um, husbands or their partners or their sister, oh, that wife, or the what, yeah, mum, or somebody who's in with them giving birth. And they've never been in that experience before either. So they can't say to them, you're going to be, you're going to be okay. Like everything's going to be fine. That is a bit that I think is really missing with birth. And I think that that is where the trauma lodges, is nobody giving them that assurance that they're mm-hmm. going to be okay and that their baby's going to be okay.
0: Yeah, because sometimes you get midwives and you get dialers to help you. I actually did a podcast on that about dialers and they're actually there to support the mother by giving birth. And they start by meeting her before birth, Then they know who she is. And that could be quite supportive, I guess, to help with yeah, that I mean, situation. I've
1: worked, yeah, I've worked as a birth doula. And I've supported probably about 30 births now and it makes a huge difference having a doula supporting you through that whole experience Mm -hmm. Um, because it's somebody who's familiar somebody who's seen that process but somebody who you've got a relationship with and actually the same thing is true if you've got a good relationship with that midwife and if you have continuity of care so you have the same midwife with you through your pregnancy he does all your antenatal support the same midwife who's at your birth and the same midwife who's there with you after you give birth. Mm -hmm, mm
0: -hmm.
1: But working practices don't really allow allow for that. And I totally get that. So I understand why that is the case.
0: I know sometimes mums, from my idea of trauma, Mm -hmm. is that they might have an epidural that doesn't work or their back might be painful or they might have to have an emergency cesarean or the baby might come out backwards, or they have to use sets. And all that kind of thing can be very traumatic, not only for the mother, but for the baby as well. So when they're born, it's it's a traumatic experience for both, but particularly also for the baby.
1: It's, it's really interesting, because actually sometimes what, what you find is, is a birth that is, it, on paper, sounds very traumatic. So something that's been a real, like, rushing through to to have an emergency caesarean, but because the mum has been emotionally held by a midwife or a doula mm-hmm. or she's had a really supportive husband who's really helped her and regulated her and stayed with her and spoken to her and communicated with her, she doesn't experience trauma as a result.
0: Oh, okay, that's interesting. You can also you know.
1: have people... Who have a really relatively straightforward birth on paper, but who feel traumatized by that experience because somebody hasn't listened to them, somebody hasn't validated, mm, mm. Them, somebody hasn't reassured them, somebody hasn't hasn't let them know they're going to be okay, their partners have been sent home and things have been happening and nobody has listened to them. So I think whilst we can sometimes think it's it's the mode of delivery or how something happened, I actually think it's bigger than that. I think it's that emotional holding, Mm. through that emotional holding hasn't happened where women experience trauma.
0: Yeah, and sometimes when they have a baby, they may not bond necessarily. I'm not saying that's the case all the time. I'm just saying I know that sometimes happens because baby massage can help with that because it can help the parent to bond more with the baby. But there are cases, which I've heard, that sometimes the babies are born and the mother just, either she's so overwhelmed or traumatised after the birth that she just doesn't know how to connect to her baby. I know that's a rare, but I, I'm, I, that does happen, doesn't it?
1: I think it's about 10% that can also happen in a really straightforward birth. You know, I've got a very good friend who had an amazing home birth. And when a baby was born, she just couldn't even look at it. So I think mm. that can happen in a really straightforward birth as well. It doesn't necessarily mean, and I think actually something that we need to really talk about actually how common that is. Yes. And yeah. just because you don't love your baby instantly doesn't necessarily mean that you're never going to love your baby at all. Um, yeah. And it, it can happen. I do think when the birth has been really difficult and really overwhelming, it makes it worse. And one of the other Things that that can happen is that, you know, when we've experienced trauma, one of the symptoms of trauma is avoidance. We want to avoid things that remind us Mm. of that. Mm. And every time you look at your baby, that can remind you of that breath experience. So it can make it really, it can make it really difficult. So, and then there's the overwhelming emotion because, on the one hand, you're really grateful for your baby being here, but then you're really traumatized by that birth and Mm. so you've got these two opposing feelings all around that same experience which is the gratitude towards having your baby but also the difficult emotions that you have towards that birth you're weighing up two different sets of
0: emotions around the same event and I can never pronounce this word it's a hormone of love the oxytocin sometimes doesn't immediately come in it comes in afterwards.
1: In an uninterrupted birth you're much more likely to have oxytocin around that time so it's why women who have you know if you're you're having a cesarean and you've had a natural labour and then you end up having a cesarean you're much more likely to go on to your baby than if you've been induced or if you've had a uh, I plan to say not always but sometimes so that's why that postnatal bit really important as well by encouraging that postnatal experience afterwards is really important so when we think about oxytocin, oxytocin is a hormone of love so if you think about often in dark rooms with our partners in meals with our partners is often you know Mm-mm. being in a safe and warm environment being in a clinical space it's very hard for oxytocin to be naturally produced because there's people interrupting you all the time. There's lights, there's noises. You're sharing spaces with people that you don't know, that you don't feel mm-hmm. safe. Yeah, I can relate to that. I never to thought to of it that, that way. So trying to really encourage that nesting experience after you've given birth is really important. So, so a nesting space, which is comfortable, which is safe, which people aren't interrupting you all the time is a really good way to encourage oxytocin after you after you've given birth
0: yeah, I've never thought of it that way that's an interesting way of putting it I've, I know what oxytocin is but I've never thought of it in the way that you've explained it I've learned something from you there so. if you think about how we give birth
1: we really do forget we're mammals mm, you say. and we think that we're these I don't know clever species who don't need the things that like that we're so far removed from how other animals give birth and i i think that that is actually the, the missing element in so much of our antenatal education is that understanding like how do mammals give birth what do mammals need to give birth mm. and by understanding that i think we could because even if you're having a oh, cesarean if you understand that then maybe there's elements that you can take from that into your cesarean birth so that you can support as much of those natural hormones that that will come through when you feel safe when you feel loved when you feel emotionally held when you feel regulated you know whereas a lot of the time what happens is we're going into an environment that we don't feel safe that we don't understand where there's people talking to us people asking us to use our brains none of that helps us to
0: give birth or helps us to bond with our baby so I guess that brings me to a point where how can we support mums who are going through what we've been discussing? I mean, how can we support mums who are going or, or have been through a difficult birth? I think
1: one of the biggest things is, is actually listening. I think we've really lost that skill of how to listen. Mm. So what happens is we listen with the intention of giving advice or making our thoughts heard or whereas actually just actually listening like doing nothing else but listening and you know some sometimes you know when I'm working with somebody I can see that they're like she's not responding I'm waiting for her to like interrupt me or give me mm, like mm, mm. her viewpoints, and I'm like no I'm listening to your story that listening bit is really important one of the things with trauma is that when you've experienced something that's traumatic is our brains don't realize that that event is over Yes. so we need to listen so that sequencing of events is really important with a really clear start point and a really clear end point so actually what you want to do is you want to sit and listen to somebody listen to that whole experience so their brain can help to sequence it and can also make a really really clear start point and a really clear end point Mm -hmm. and actually that they know that it's over Mm -hmm. and that's one of the things with trauma is that our brain's don't realize that that event is over so that's a really important part of it not asking like proper questions about what's happened just actually just letting them tell their story
0: Mm
1: -hmm. with a a view to not keeping them in that pain any longer or not keeping them going round and round and round in certain elements so just actually like just listening and validating their experience you know that sounds like that was really hard like no wonder you felt like that I am not surprised you felt like that I'm not surprised you reacted like that I'm not surprised you found Mm. that really difficult that sounds like a really difficult experience and I'm so sorry that's what happened to you because that's important as well that we validate people's experiences that we validate what's happened to them so something that we, we don't often do we're like oh well at least your baby's here everything's okay your baby's here don't worry about it like move on but actually really validating their experiences is really important so and then practically things that we can also do really encourage mums to rest okay so really yes, encourage yeah. that rest okay they've been through trauma or if they've got symptoms of trauma to really encourage them and their bodies to rest and really encourage them to look after themselves and and yes. looking after themselves might might be different to everybody so for some people that might be you know, sleep and rest for other people it might be nutrition for other people it might be doing like a hobby that they want to do like maybe well, like for rain- or, yeah. going for a
0: walk or yeah
1: for a walk on their own maybe actually mm-hmm. as well as with their baby but actually, encouraging them to do something little each and every day that's for them. Mm-hmm, I mean, it's mums mm-hmm. like, can feel really guilty about it, but just a little everyday act that's specifically for them.
0: Yeah, I think that's very valid, and this just brings me to another point here. You mentioned all about sort of um, mind and body, and I just wonder because I know we have muscle memory and all that when we give birth, and we have that sort of trauma. So can you suggest any ways that might help with the physical tension in the body after giving birth?
1: Absolutely. Relaxation is really important. So getting into a practice of daily decompressing and really focusing on building up that muscle memory to learn how to relax is really important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So like a daily meditation practice or daily relaxation practice whether that's mindfulness or just even like just body tension just noticing how there's like tension in different parts of your body like yoga yeah yoga noticing. baby yoga is always good isn't it yeah noticing if you can focus on parts of your body and just release that tension yoga absolutely is really really helpful there's also other really lovely ways to work with the body after trauma so obviously yoga is great there's another thing called tension release exercise, T R think I've heard of that, but I don't know what it is, but I've heard of it. And it, it's encouraging the body to shake, to release trauma. It, it's a really helpful way to get the body to release that tension that's in the body. So, um, so I would really encourage that. But anything that sort of focuses on relaxation is helpful. Mm. One of the other things that, it sounds very weird, but it's actually tensing the muscles so it's tensing the muscles into like, so holding your arms and making them go into fists until your arms start to shake and just loving that sort of shaking process and mm. then letting that, that release afterwards. And that can be a really helpful thing to do with the body as well. So the body's really holding on to that tension actually to over tense it to the point that the body starts to shake and then allowing the body to relax. Because again, you think about animals when animals have been through a traumatic experience so if you think about the tiger the lion the gazelle if the gazelle has got away afterwards you will see the gazelle shaking to release that tension and that's something that we don't do as humans we think shaking is bad so we stop people from shaking so if somebody's shaking after they've had I you're missing a car or something else. We'll see if you have a cup of tea to still the shaking or have a drink, have, have a gin and tonic that'll stop the shake.
0: Yeah. That shaking is actually a really important uh,
1: part of releasing that tension.
0: Yes, I can relate to that one because I know when you've broken your ankle or done something like that and you look down and you see the swelling and you're shaking, you can actually yeah. realise that I, if you actually take a big deep breath and you say, right, okay, I know it's there, just relax it's actually helps you a lot more to actually calm down. Yeah, absolutely. You can accept in that process. So uh, the other thing I thought of is journals. I mean, we're talking about releasing the tension and stuff, but what about writing your experience down and ex- expressing it? Do you think that can help with the healing process? 100%. Yeah, 110%. Yeah.
1: So one of the practices that I think is really helpful is actually letter writing because... Again, it's about making that clear start point and that clear end point. So it's writing a letter to yourself to acknowledge the pain that you've been through. So, and it really helps to sort of say that that's over. So. If, if something had happened to me, I could write a letter to myself saying, um, Dear Trisha, I'm so sorry that you had such a difficult experience. I'm so sorry that it's still with you. I'm so sorry that you're still feeling this way. But yeah, well. yeah. that was a really difficult breath experience. So that was a really difficult experience. And you did so well to get through it. And you should be really proud. And you could be really proud of yourself or allow yourself to be really proud of it. So really focusing in on that compassionate letter writing to yourself but also a lot of women can also feel really guilty towards their babies mm. like that their baby had that difficult experience so they feel really guilty that the baby was born in whatever way it was or that they haven't managed to feed their baby or whatever else it is it's so another really good thing to do is actually write a letter to your baby it's just actually sort of say, i'm really sorry this is like what happened and I feel guilty and explain like why everything happened. And that can be a really good way to, to do it. And then write a letter to any care professionals that didn't necessarily support you in the way that you wanted to be supported. So write that as well. And none of these letters are going to go anywhere. But it's just and releasing the tension
0: of what we're talking about. It's
1: releasing it. And also, it's creating that distance. So it's creating that distance from everything that's going on, on in your head. Yes, and yeah. Paper. And it's a really helpful practice to take it out of your head, put it on paper. But something about that letter writing, it's almost like a finality, it's like that event is over. So when we're talking about trauma, often the problem with trauma is that our brain doesn't realize that that's over. So the letter writing is a really good way to say, that's over, like that event is over. Like I can now write a letter about it. So I would write a letter to yourself, I'd write a letter to your um, baby, I'd write a letter to, to anybody else, whether it's like your partner, any healthcare professionals, anybody at all. And then what I would do with those letters is I would burn them. because you don't want them to be part yes. of your life anymore. So do like a really ceremonious burning. You, you don't have to do that. It's something that I really liked. And I really like burning things as a way to say that is the end of that experience. Mm-hmm. But that can be a really helpful thing to do. And it's
0: giving yeah, them more closer.
1: closure. Yeah. yeah. I think sharing our stories is really important. As with women, I think actually part of the thing that we don't do is we don't share our stories enough, actually. We don't share our stories about birth, about motherhood, yeah, but, enough. Mm. But I think there's a difference. So there's, I think there's like a healthy way to do it. But I also think that there's a lot of people stay stuck in their trauma. Yeah. And it could become a really big part of their identity. So that breath trauma can become a really big part of who they are and they can stay stuck there. And when somebody has experienced trauma, it's a really simple process to heal it. There's a lot of really simple ways that you can heal trauma, particularly when it's one-off trauma like that. There's a lot of really simple tools that you can use to support that psychological injury that they've had. But when they stay stuck in it and they're constantly repeating their story to other people, then all that's happening, if you think about every time you tell your story, but you're not actually getting closure on it, you're just making that a deeper channel in the brain, a deeper connection in the brain between the the trauma and the trauma response. And it's just getting deeper and deeper and deeper. It's not releasing it. So I think sharing your stories are, through blogs, through social media, through anything is really helpful. There's some absolutely brilliant Instagram accounts, yes, some brilliant yeah. Facebook yeah, accounts, of course, I mean, women yeah. who have had difficult experiences, but a lot of them have been through that trauma healing process and actually what their they are using it, their experience. To help. Brilliant, absolutely yes, brilliant. Yeah. A lot of people stay really stuck with their trauma. They're confused. They're stuck with it. It's really impacting them in a negative ways I, th- I think there's different ways that it can be positive and negative
0: on social media yeah I agree with that definitely I think you've hit it on the head there I think that's good so if somebody wants to come and have a session with you for trauma what what can they expect on that session
1: I work with people and um, who've experienced trauma anywhere in that sort of perinatal page but also people who've had reproductive trauma as well and when I work with people I use really gentle techniques so I hear their stories I validate their experiences I real compassion because I really understand the impact that Mm -hmm. that experience can have on their whole motherhood journey so so I really work with them to overcome that and also to, to take them from the place that they are right now to the place that they want to be so, what would life be like if you weren't feeling anxious, or if you had good sleep, or you were able to be connected with your child? You know, what would that be like? So, hear their experiences, but then really take them out of where they are right now into where they want to be. I think that's a really important part of the work that I do with somebody. And then we'll work therapeutically together. But it's a really powerful, but really gentle experience that I. Work with people, and the tools that I give people are tools that they can use throughout their whole experience as mums.
0: So, um, so it's a really powerful process. I'm going to ask you what your magical tip is that you can give to a mum who suffered from trauma. What would you say?
1: I think one of the things that we do as mums is we don't rest. We feel guilty about resting. Mm -hmm. Actually, you've had a really difficult experience, actually, the biggest thing that you can do is you can rest. I've forgotten the person who had this quote but what your baby needs is a well resourced mum and if everything you can do for your baby it's about ensuring that you are well resourced so that then means that that you're looking after you because when you've looked Mm -hmm. after you you then have the capacity and the love that your child needs you have the capacity to manage them and you have that love for them if you're coming from a place of depletion and you're struggling that makes that whole experience much harder so really focus on you focus on yourself focus on rest focus on getting yourself better focus on getting the support that you need resource yourself because once you're resourced then you can help anybody else who
0: needs that help that's a bit like when you go on an airplane they always say if if the oxygen comes down give it to yourself first before you give it to your baby or your child and that's because if you don't you're not going to be in a position to help that person yeah 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 so if anybody wants to get in touch with you after this lovely podcast that we've just done and they want to have a chat to you with your beautiful way of doing things how can they do that best ways through my website so
1: uh, trishamurray.co.uk so i'm based in the uk but i can work with clients wherever they are so through the amazing technology of zoom so yeah so i can work with anybody wherever they are
0: well thank you so much trisha i've so much enjoyed speaking to you and i you know really really enjoyed it and thank you so much for being a part of this podcast (laughs) thank you for inviting me it's really kind of you it's a pleasure Trisha shared some great tips on how to get started healing your birth trauma. I encourage you to start practicing the excellent, highly actionable tips that Trisha shared and get started right away. After all, it will help you on the start of your parenting journey and help create a magic bond with your little one. You'll find a link to Trisha's website where you can find out more about her and her services in the show notes which can be accessed at mybabymassage.net forward slash podcast forward slash zero three eight. If you're looking for additional help or resources, I also run a free Facebook group called First Time Mums Lounge. So please join me and you'll gain access to tips to help you and your baby through the beginning stages of your journey. You can access the group by going to mybabymassage.net forward slash Facebook mybabymassage.net forward slash Facebook. I also welcome questions comments and feedback on my podcast episodes. Please feel free to reach out by sending me an email at info at info at mybabymassage.net and once again